Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dismantling You podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Pineda. In this episode, I have special guest Mayrov Zur. Mayrov is a performer, producer, writer, and director. She is the creator of The Inconceivable Show, the totally true one-woman, semi-fertile, quasi-musical, a one-woman comedic show depicting a hilarious and honest look at the complexity of modern infertility. In other news, the audiobook version of Finally Effing Fertile, using yoga, meditation, and breath work to conceive, is officially out, so you can listen to me reading it anywhere while you are driving or running errands. So head on over to my website and get your audio copy now. Stay tuned now for my conversation with Mayra. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to hear your infertility story. And I have so many questions because our backgrounds are so similar. But Uh before I dive into that, I'd love to hear, like I have it, this podcast has not had a comedian. So this is a first and I'm so delighted to have you on. What made you pick that career? Um. I mean, I'm I'm honored that you're labeling me as a comedian because that's uh, you know high up on the artistry. I'm I'm actually I'm a performer. I'm an actor. That's how I started. I always loved doing it uh, ever since childhood, and I um, you know started pursuing it when I as an adult. Um, I started out as an actor. Uh, you know, I, I studied acting and theater and, and I, I loved it even more because um, as, as I was studying it, I learned how parallel lots of aspects of theater are to real life. And, you know, um, and character work just kind of lets you understand yourself and others. And, and I love that. Um, and then I just, I started pursuing that professionally when I started out and just like, pretty much every other actor. I started, got an agent, you know, waited for an audition, went to the audition with a bunch of other people, hoped I'd get the audition. And if I got it, I'd do the gig and then do that whole cycle over again. And um, quickly I realized that I I didn't really want to wait around. I wanted to sort of create my own work and my own opportunities and and use my creativity. And so I um, did that. And then I inevitably also became a writer and director and producer. And, and that's what I was doing, uh, you know, for years. So <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my background professionally. It sounds so exciting. And especially, you know, now that you are taking on your own lead role and producing your own shows, you have a infertility story and I'd love for our audience to hear that because that's a huge part of my business. Yes. Um, so the, everything I just told you was, you know, going on for, for years. I mean, I started really delving into everything in around 2004, 2005. Um, and pretty soon after that, in parallel to everything I just told you personally, I was going through infertility. But of course, I wasn't talking about it with anyone. And I made my husband not talk about it with anyone because clearly we were the only ones in the world who were freaks of nature having this happen to us <laughs> because everyone around us in, in retrospect, we realized there were people in our circles that were also dealing with, but no one was talking about it. So to us, we were the only ones. And 
I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want, you know, to deal with the details and having to explain something that was unexplainable and having, you know, any type of shame or pity or, or, you know, realizing that I wasn't, you know, good enough or I wasn't doing what I was told all through childhood and seen in media, media, all through childhood that would happen at the blink of an eye, you know, like we were taught to avoid pregnancy when all at all costs. It was so easy and so quick, you know, so it's amazing, right? It's, and it's really that. And so, you know, that's what we were going through. We dealt with unexplained infertility, which is the fun kind. (laughs) It's the kind that you have no clue what's going on. And all the tests are coming back that everything's fine and everything's working. It's just, there's some reason that at least until that point where, where you're tested that, you know, that medically they can't, they have no, you know, solution or reasoning. So that was fun. We kept on with that. Um, and then, you know, uh, we had our daughter naturally, uh, like a spontaneous pregnancy, And so then it it was even more of a question mark, like, hey, everything is literally working. We have proof now. And then secondary unexplained infertility again. And but this time, you know, it was it was rougher. I mean, we did everything. We did all the treatments. We did IUIs and IVF. And it was just an insane you know, I'm, I'm speaking to you in, I guess, a couple of sentences, but it entails so much and so long and a second by second, um, you know, intricacies and complexities and it's so loaded. Um, and yeah, so that's what I was dealing with. And every step of the way, I felt even more like, I don't want to share this. I don't want to talk about this. I don't, I just want it to just, you know, happen like it did spontaneously. I want it again. And, you know, it, and, And then, you know, it was also secondary infertility is also an even more of a mind game because then it's like, oh, shame on you for even wanting anymore. You should say thanks that you already have. And, you know, like all those things. And it's just it's so much. And then uh, just a few years ago, uh, we had gone through yet another miscarriage. But this one was. Yeah, thank you. It's it was a big one. And after that, it was just it kind of clicked something clicked and I was like, I think I'm ready to talk about it. And I, and I think I even knew that I could maybe start with like my close friends, but I didn't know how, like, I didn't know how after all this time of not talking about now, how, you know, now, how am I going to say, how am I going to talk about it? What in the world? Um, and then I just said, wait a minute, theater comedy. I could do that. I know that. Right. (laughs) And so that's what I did. I literally, opened up a group text chat and invited some friends and said, Hey, come on over to my house. That's so-and-so date for like, you know, hormones and cookies or something like that. (laughs) They had no clue what they were coming to, but obviously they knew what I, what I do professionally. So they were like indulging me and they're awesome. And they're like, okay, you know, sure. I love that story. Yeah. And that's how that, that, that's how it started. It wasn't ever meant to be a show, but the reactions and the response were so beyond what I had thought. I really thought it was just an evening for me to vent in my own way and just get it out of the way and continue, you know, moving on. But, um, you know, the reactions, it just brought up so much and they started talking. And then I was like, wait a minute, we're all, we're all not really knowing all about ourselves, all the details, like what's happening. Why are other women, you know, doing, going through similar experiences and not talking and there must be other women and there must, you know, and that's how pretty much that's how the show started. 
So brilliant. And like I said, our stories are so similar. I love the fact that, you know, you were so vulnerable, but yet so authentic. And because you've been so courageous to open up and bring your story to light, you're just going to touch so many other women, families, and individuals who are struggling. And not only that, but we're going to be able to normalize these conversations, right? So it's it's phenomenal the work you're doing. I love that, and Thank you. and you're and you're bringing so much happiness and wisdom along with it. So, I you know how are you incorporating uh, the infertility story now into your show? Like, w- what specific kind of dialogue so that people can understand that? So, um, as I said, I've created tons of different kinds of shows. This show specifically, the whole show is basically my infertility story, but it's told through comedy and humor and funny characters and weird songs and all these odd props and like things like that. Um, and so that's how I, you know, that's how I do it. I have like, I have a a song about going to the gynecologist (laughs) and I, you know, it's just a little thing. Um, and that actually resonates obviously with, with any, you know, women and and also men in the audience, because it kind of gives them a a peek into our perspective as women and, and, you know, all women, even those, those who have not gone through infertility know the experience of, of the gyno, as I call it. So it's like, you know, that, and, and I have, you know, this whole, uh, bit that I do with, with characters. I have the character who was our fertility doctor and another character who's our nurse. And even my high school gym coach slash sex ed teacher is <laughs> there <laughs> too. One of those. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, it's a bunch of, and, and that's how it is. I mean, with, with infertility, even though it is by far not, is not a comedy at all. Like it is really not but there are so many instances within it that are so surreal that if you step yeah. back, it's like, oh, that's pretty ridiculous. That's funny, you know? And that's yeah. and that's how the humor kind of comes out. Of course. I'd love for our audience just to kind of tie in about the theater and, and why it's so much like real life. Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> this is, um, you know, you know that that phrase um, by William Shakespeare that you know all the world is a stage, and and it really is because it's you know, especially if you start with characters, you know, characters have so much to them. People have so much to them, and this whole this particular show that I do, my main thing is that you know people just just remember one thing: it's that we all have so much more than you see. There's so much baggage and so much backstory and so much talent and so much secrets and so much, you know, there's so much to each person. Each person is an entire world. And so um, if you just understand that, it just allows us to kind of, I guess, be a bit more graceful with other people, with those we know, with strangers, with ourselves, um, because it's, you know, it's, it's so important. And, and especially one of the facets of, of theater that I love is improvisation. And that's, that's, you know, where I really, I I love it. It's just, which is also very much a concept of real life. You know, things are not planned and you kind of have to kind of go with the flow and the basic concepts of improv really help with that, help understand it, help kind of navigate it. So I, I really love it. I'm I'm a big I'm a big theater nerd and improv nerd in that in that sense. 
I love hearing about all aspects about production and writing and the creativity involved. And, you know, just like a yoga instructor, there's a little bit of a production element in it. So I can understand you have to go with the flow. Nothing is always going to be, you know, uh, mapped out ahead of time. Um, you have all these different um, moving parts. And, you know, that being said, but some people feel a little bit intimidated about the creative world. What I mean, how can, are all people creative and, and why or why not? I think all people are creative and, and I, and I, I'm not an expert or a, you know, a philosopher or, you know, Nobel Peace Prize winner or any, or Pulitzer Prize, but, uh, but I, I see yeah, it. You too. see it. <laughs> I mean, look at kids, you know, we're all born as babies <laughs> and children right. and you see that children have that. Um, I think looking at at kids just in general gives you a lot of perspective on, on things. It's just the way they kind of soak in the world. And you see that there's creativity. You see that, uh, you know, creativity is anything from, you know, it's, it's pretty much kind of like problem solving in a way, if you want to look at it technically, it's like, okay, here's a situation. Here's maybe what I need or what someone needs. How can we, how can we do that in a different way? And that's creativity. It's not necessarily creating a work of art on the wall or in a sculpture or, you know, uh, doing some, you know, new invention. Um, creativity comes in a lot of forms. And I really think everyone's creative. They just have to figure out how to tap into that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Like, for instance, what if somebody has like a nine to five job dealing with numbers how are they going to tap into their creativity? What would you recommend? Oh, um, I think, you know, first of all, I'm not saying, okay, now throw out all the numbers <laughs> because <laughs> they can't. Yeah. But there are ways of, of maybe, you know, if there is something that in terms of present, presenting the numbers, you could be creative with that. You could be creative with how you are working with the numbers. Maybe it's the way you're sitting or, you know, the, the things around your desk or, you know, what, what you see during the day. It's not necessarily just the numbers because numbers are very, you know, straightforward and structured, but there are different ways of utilizing creativity. Maybe, you know, if you use a, a keyboard, maybe it's a funky looking keyboard that you, you know, drew on or, or you know, found that was creative. If you use a pen, maybe it's a nice looking pen or something creative, or maybe you doodle on the side. There are a lot of, you know, different ways to kind of, um, uh, bring that into play. I love that. And so bouncing around here a little bit, I'd love to hear, um, now that you've just voiced your story out there and now that everyone knows where you're coming from, how do you feel about being an advocate for couples and women and individuals experiencing infertility? Um, it, it was, it's surprising, but it was kind of like, I, I wasn't going into, again, I wasn't even going into bringing, putting the show on, you know, I, I did so many different kinds of shows and this was not, you know, something I even thought anyone besides people who knew me would be interested in. I really didn't. And once it, I, I, you know, did that first show and there were obviously strangers there, people that didn't know me. And I saw that it resonated with so many different kinds of people, older, younger people who knew about it, people who didn't know about infertility. I just, 
I said, I have to do this. And, and I don't know, you know, I've never been an advocate of something in particular. So I don't know if I'm supposed to go to this, you know, office and get a certificate or anything like that. But I, I know for me, my, you know, in terms of advocacy is just doing the show. Cause I know that every time I can perform the show and get it out there, more people will see it and it will help more people. You know, every performance I'm like, I'm just, if this could help just one person here in some odd way, enlighten them, make them feel, you know, heard, uh, make them feel, you know, I don't know, some kind of weird therapy, whatever that I did my job. That's, you know, that's for me, that's what that is. And so that's why I'm, I, I keep doing that. And I think that's the advocacy, um, because it just, it, it's bringing up awareness. And I think that's, what's most important. It's something that can say, Hey, it's okay to talk about it. And we should talk about it. And, you know, it's from everything. It's from the people themselves who are going through it and maybe should share with their close circle to maybe, you know, places of, uh, of work and, and corporations that need to consider the fact that there are people, you know, on their, on their payroll that need extra time understanding, uh, you know, whatever it may be, because we are not robots. And I think, you know, we need to understand that. Absolutely. Yes. We we're human. We need to heal in some way. Yeah. Given your time living in two different countries, do you see differences and or similarities in how the two countries approach the topics you've covered in your shows? Yes. Um, I've lived um, pretty much, I guess, equal amount, but many years in, in the U.S. and in Israel. And in terms of infertility, uh, there are many similarities and differences. In terms of similarities, I think pretty much every Western country is the same in terms of, I mean, the percentages of those affected are somewhat the same, uh, which is in the US, it's one out of every eight couples that are trying to conceive or having problems with uh, with uh, fertility. But in many other countries, it's one out of six, one out of five. Those that's that's the 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 range. And you know, that's a lot. So that's uh, the similarities in, in terms of that and also the conventional ways of uh, fertility treatments, you know, IUIs, uh, you know, IVF, um, surrogacy, donor eggs, donor sperm, that's happening uh, similarly. The differences are, um, you know, I think culturally in Israel being, you know, th there are many, um, the religions and cultures there are very family oriented mm -hmm. and I guess thusly very family demanding. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, kids, kids, when are you, when are you getting married? And then once you get married, when are you having kids? And then once you have a kid, when's your next kid? You know? It's very, and, and lots, everything there is family centered and family oriented. So the demand is there, like the expectation is there, you know, the guilt is there, the feeling of failure is there, you know, all of that. Um, but, you know, and, and I'm, and there are many cultures in the U S who are similar as well. Um, I think the difference is though, um, you know, the, because the, the predominant, uh, Jewish religion, one of its foundations is, is procreation. It's like, you know, we've got, we've got to expand the families, have families. So fertility treatments, uh, there are mainly, uh, subsidized, they're, they're covered by uh, health insurance. Um, mm -hmm. I think for the first, 
I don't know what it is uh, today, but, but I know for the first child, sometimes second child, sometimes wow, uh, that's further. Phenomenal. And it is a huge difference. Um, I had gone Absolutely. through my, my fertility experiences in Israel. And when I came here, I was shocked that besides all that, the emotion, yeah. the stress, yeah. the, the, the logistics, you also have the financial mm-hmm. issue. That's mm-hmm. insane. So, you right. know, people are not, going through what they need yeah, and doing what they want to do because they can't financially, yeah. that is just an incredibly uh, stressful, um, you know, not to mention, you know, the recent, you know, Roe v. Wade, which also yes. affects now IVF. I mean, that is just, you know, mind blowing. Yes. So those are the main differences that, that, you know, are also, you know, they're, they're substantial, but you know, the similarities are also there and it's there, I know, in many other countries. This is still something that is not yet fully, you know, taken care of um, yeah. for for the for that person, for that, you know, single person or couple going through it. It's not yet fully, they're not yet fully taken care of in, in most countries. Wow. It's amazing that we're at this day and age and yeah. we're still behind here in the U.S., it's, yeah, it's disheartening to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and, and you know this, cause this is where you come in. I don't necessarily think that we need, I mean, we, we obviously need to, uh, you know, to cover treatments and to, yeah. to go and, and, and pursue medical, uh, research to figure out why this is happening. But I think deep down many of us, and, and, you know, you know, this it's, it's our lifestyle. It's that's also affecting it. And we need to take care of that. So it's not just, you know, the, the conventional fertility treatments that I think should be suggested and covered. Yes. I think when a person goes in and says, Hey, I'm having some trouble. I think the whole gamut of options should be, you know, presented to them. Hey, take care of yourself. How are you taking care of yourself and not just physically, not just your relationship, but also you and and your brain is also (laughs) part of your body. How are you taking care of that? You know? So I think that also needs to be addressed, especially for women who are struggling to juggle so many factors. So good. So good. Yeah. I'm sure that you've had people also, you know, the, the people that you end up connecting with are the people that, I don't know, somehow you made a step, they made a step and you connected, but you know, there's so many other people that don't even know that that's an option and that that could help. Yes. And, and it's not, I'm not saying, okay, meet this person and tomorrow you're pregnant. Right. But, but yeah, we do have to take care of our mental health and our emotional mm-hmm. health. And how are we able to even get to that space of creating another human? If yeah. we're not yet, we have to take care of ourselves and figure out, oh, maybe that's what it was. I just needed to, you know, to do some more exercise or stretch in a certain way or get my mind, you know, wrapped around the day, you know, so that's important. Absolutely. What has been the most unexpected, surprising thing to come out of your creativity? Um, I think, I think when, when I, you know, when I'm creating something, it's kind of, you know, to get some sort of idea out. And especially in terms of theater, I like to see the reaction of other people. Like I like for it to make someone else happy or to make someone else think or learn or whatever it is. Um, But when I see that happening or even more or in a different way than I expected, 
that's a huge surprise. And, and I love that. That's like, oh, I didn't even think that would, you know, I love that. Those are kind of like those little, you know, magical surprise moments in life that are just like, oh, I didn't even, you know, oh, I, I didn't even see that. I didn't, you know, and that I love that. So beautiful. So as you know, I ask a list of questions for my guests and I'd like to start with, what do you do for self-care these days? I am working my best on doing the self-care, which I hadn't even done. <laughs> like that was the first <laughs> thing I would honest. take. I'd be like, oh, I don't have time. Never mind, not going on a walk. Never mind, not doing a stretch. Never mind, I'll do that instead. And I, you know, realized that it's su such a bad thing. Like that is the thing you can't cut out. Like you, yeah. you have to, you know, keep that in. So that is my, my thing right now. I'm, I'm working on, you know, figuring out meditation or mindfulness that works for me. Cause it, you know, it doesn't it work for everyone the same way. You have to find like what works for you exactly. to get kind of like, you know, more in tune with myself and, and balanced and, you know, uh, relaxed, even though I hate the word relaxed, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, calm. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. So what is your vision of well-being like? I think balance you, like when you and yourself feel that you are okay, physically and mentally and emotionally, and as you go along the day or the week, whatever comes your way, you, you know, go with the flow or understand it. That I think is, is great when you can kind of, you know, and I, and I don't think, and I think that's like, and I learned that through yoga. It's, it's an ever, it's an, it's a continuous yes. study. It's a continuous practice. Yes. And, and I think that's a great word that we don't fully understand what that means. Yes. So you actually have to do the work, mm -hmm. but it's, but it's good. Cause it's not work, work, like labor work. It's good exactly. work. Like it gives you a great result. It helps you again, understand yourself, heal yourself. Like it's great. So good. As you know, my podcast is based on dismantling beliefs and thought patterns. What ideas or concepts have dismantled your belief system? And what was this awakening like for you? Ironically, um, in theater, you know, and especially my love of improv, the foundations of that is something called yes. And which many people have heard, um, it basically means that when you're on stage with a partner, uh, or other partners on stage, whatever is presented or spoken about or set out there, you have to say yes to it. You have to go along with it. Otherwise the scene dies. So if someone, you know, for example says, Hey, let's go climb this tree. And you're like, there's no tree here We're on a stage indoors. <laughs> you pretty much killed the scene. But if someone, you know, if you go with the concept of yes, and meaning go along with it and add something to it, like, Oh yeah, that's an awesome tree. You know, we were always there since childhood. Let's climb up there and have a picnic. You know, like you, you kind of build and you start this whole story that wasn't there before you move the scene forward. So the same goes with life. You know, if you're presented with something and you negate it, then it's, you're just going to kind of be stuck with it and not move forward. Whereas if you go along with it, whatever that yes is, then you'll, you'll go with it and, and you'll end up 
you know, going to places you may have not expected and, and, you know, maybe meet other people or get other results or whatever it may be. So I think, you know, and ironically, while I was doing this and also teaching it in like workshops and courses, I wasn't really actually doing that myself because of, you know, infertility wise, I kept on knowing in a way, N O I N G. I kept on saying, no, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to. And that got me very stuck in a way um, because, you know, the more you bottle up, the more you implode. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that was not good. But once I said yes to speaking about it, even to my friends, it went on to become this whole thing that I didn't even expect, but it provided so many other people with, with, you know, some sort of therapy. It provided me with some sort of, you know, therapy. It was, it, it, it really was a great thing. And, you know, there I was talking about also the show and everything. And, and here we are, you know, and yeah. here we are talking and I would have never met you had I, so like, it's, right. it's a great thing. So good. So resonates with me. Everything you've said. Yeah. Love it. Now, if there was one thing you wanted the listener to take away from our conversation today, what would that be? Yes. And (laughs) yeah, that, that would have to be it. I think it's, you know, and of course with a little asterisk, um, you know, common sense. If someone comes up to you and says, Hey, let's go do a crystal meth together. Obviously don't say yes. And, to that, <laughs> but you know, there, there are ways to kind of go with the flow, even in minute ways, even if, if you're saying, Oh, should I try out, you know, this, like, like a yoga course, or should I try out a meditation or even taking a deep breath? Yes. <laughs> like just say yes to that, you know, and, and then see where it goes. Maybe that deep breath will take you to another deep breath and maybe you'll see that it's a good thing and you can do other things and, you know, so yeah. Yes. And brilliant. I haven't heard that and I love it. I'll leave it at that. Tell our listeners where they can get in touch with you and look you up if they want to connect. Great. Um, yeah. So easiest is probably online. Uh, you can find me on my website, which is www.mayravzur.com, M-E-I-R-A-V-Z-U-R.com. And there you can, um, you know, find out more about the silly stuff I create, including the, the infertility comedy show, which is called Inconceivable. Um, and through there, you can find a bunch of my fertility comedy uh, content on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all that good stuff. Um, and, uh, and hopefully maybe I can, you know, see people at my show. I'll be, I'm back to performing in person, which is great. I have shows coming up in LA, uh, October through December. So that's also on my website. So that'll be, yeah, it'll be great to, to kind of, you know, have people there. It's, it's, uh, it's a fun show and it's a lot of fun to, to meet people afterwards too. So Wonderful. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I'll be sure to include all of this in the show notes. And hopefully uh, people, if they're local, they can come out and meet you in person. Mayrov, you are just such a gem. I'm so delighted to have connected with you. And I'm sure we'll stay in touch. uh, Especially this community is so tight knit. Definitely. Thank you so much, Lisa. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. You know, it's these mindset shifts that truly make a difference. If you like this podcast, share it with someone and be sure to leave a review. Till next time, here's to dismantling you.